0: Hi there, my name is Wade Murray. Welcome to the Great Green North Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything about lawns with a Canadian twist. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right, so here we go, guys. Episode number two. And just to preface this, at the moment I'm recording, it is um, minus 20 and snowing sideways outside. So i uh, definitely wishing it was lawn season right now but uh yeah we can all raise a glass to uh hopefully it's not minus 20 and snowing sideways where you guys are at the moment um so welcome to the great green north podcast episode number two i want to thank everybody who uh listened to the first episode um great reception uh it's going to be up on youtube very soon i want to get the second episode out so then we'll be running because what i'm actually am doing is um for those of you who feel so inclined uh to support the show there's a lot of work that goes into making this show um it takes a couple hours of prep work Uh, i have to do research on certain topics depending on what questions are asked so For those of you who feel so inclined to support the show, please support the show if you listen. Uh, You can support the show on Anchor. You can go to anchor.com and you can subscribe to the podcast. There will be a link in the description below. And what happens if you subscribe to the podcast? um, You get episodes a week early and you also get bonus content. So once a month I'll be recording bonus content on here. Uh, talking about lawn stuff obviously answering your questions for this specifically for the sur- the subscribers so please if you feel so inclined to subscribe it really helps support the show and keep this going so without further ado if you haven't subscribed you can click that in the link in the description i'll remind you guys at the end of the episode and uh yeah so been you know uh interesting week here. So without further ado, let's go into the catch up segment and let's talk about what's been going on this week. Alright, so what has happened this week? Well, um this week was um January ninth as I'm recording. So we've had an it, where I live in Ontario, um in Canada, we get we have snow for majority part of the winter. And our winter, I would say, starts about mid-November and goes to about April. However, the way that it works is there's normally a couple of week spans in in December, January, and then March, April, where we don't have any snow. Or we have very minimal snow, and we have yet to get a major snow event this year. We've just had a whole bunch of little events stacking on top of each other, but... Like most of the rest of our country right now, we are sitting in pretty strong cold. Um, I have been, uh, we've been pretty much in the minus 18, minus 20 degrees Celsius point, uh, for the last few days. I was working, uh, last week and it was absolutely freezing. But before that, I went and took down all the Christmas stuff lights. Um, and I was able to actually see the lawn and I've been able to see the lawn this week too, uh, until it started snowing today. And I think we got a pretty good case of winter domination here, folks. For those of you who don't know, Mr. Allen Hayne kind of started the coin. That the only reason we actually do stuff with our lawn is, uh, to, to dominate our neighbors, to show our neighbors that we have the better lawn. So, uh, I, uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, um connor ward i think or alan Hain, started to coin the phrase winter domination and when you're up here in canada and you got six months of winter every year winter domination becomes pretty important so um i did my last application of fertilizer um sometime about late october i think it was around october 15th or 16th or in around there and man the color is holding amazing the last couple mows i had in november were like the 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 color was great um the stripes were holding great i dropped the height down quite quickly this year because it did get cold and it was looking amazing and then even now like i'm i'm looking around um big thing i look for is snow mold because we do tend to get a lot of ice here and the ice just kind of breeds the snow mold I didn't see any snow mold last year. We had 36 inches of snowpack, and the, the snow mold issues I had were crazy. And as in Canada, there's no cams, there's nothing to treat snow mold up here. But that snow mold issue was crazy. But this year so far, haven't seen any snow mold yet. Color is holding really, really well. Um, the lawn looks greener than ever when the snow melts off of it. Um, I don't see any winter weeds pushing in yet, although we won't see those till. Uh, till the spring um, March or April when everything started growing again and overall in the landscape I'm not seeing a lot of damage we've had multiple major windstorms come through so far this year and not seeing any major damage so that is great um, the the problem is though is we haven't had a lot of snow coverage as I'm talking about and that can cause some problems so Uh, for those of you who are newer the snow in the lawn is actually a good thing Um, it it acts as a blanket so you know how uh, you make an igloo right people lived in igloos and igloos actually have a lot of warming properties because the snow and acts as an insulator and helps hold the heat in so it's the same thing with your lawn snow on top of the lawn is a really good insulator and it keeps the lawn from being burned by the wind So you know how you wrap trees in burlap. This is the same idea with the snow on your lawn. However, when you don't have a lot of snow and you get these driving windstorms, we've had like 70, 80, 90 kilometer, 100 kilometer per hour windstorms. We've had three or four of them come in in the last couple months. And these storms just come, come raging in and the wind is frigid. And that's why the wind chill has been up to minus 20 and this is what burns your lawn so when you see that that browning effect on top of your lawn that's what burns it is that at those heavy strong winds so um, ideally if you can have it to the point where you you don't you have more snow coverage which I would prefer a little bit more snow coverage on the lawn right now um, I would just like enough snow so I can't see the grass um, for a good portion of the winter because that is the most the best thing as well as this, uh, when the frost comes in, and people are walking on your lawn, or they're showing the house across the street, and people are driving on the lawn, which don't even get me started about that—it's like a felony over here. But um, I had to get my protective stakes out. But uh, the that just causes more issues because when the crowns of the grass plant are very delicate when well frozen, well in dormancy, and when. When you come in and you drive over those crowns and you crush those crowns, uh, that just causes issues in the future that will actually kill the grass plant. And you'll see big browning. Um, I know I talked about it in a video, but uh, I volunteer for this organization. We put up Christmas lights in the local park and every year they do a big ignition ceremony on December 1st. Obviously, I haven't done one since COVID, but they, uh, they set up a stage and everything and set up all these things and then. Uh, they turn the lights on and everybody gets to go walk around and we see in the park on the grass where the traffic is going well that fraught because normally it's beginning of December most years we don't have a ton of snow and if we don't have any snow the grass will definitely be frozen because it is at night and you see the traffic patterns from where people are walking crushing the crowns of the grass and sometimes they drive vehicles through the park. in preparation, moving around garbage cans and stuff, the town will, and you will see the tire tracks from those vehicles through a good part portion of the uh, of the park. So that's the other problem with not having a lot of snow coverage is it le- it opens up the opportunity for frost to be more damaging, which isn't great. But it is snowing right now, and also I do snow removal, so I like snow because I make money. Um, but it is snowing right now, so hopefully it continues to do that, so then we don't have to deal with more burning effects or anything like that. A couple of years ago we had a, a, almost a month stretch with no snow in January and the burning in the front lawn where it gets a lot of wind was pretty bad so I'm really hoping that we don't see that now. Normally in my area the snow picks up quite a bit in February so hoping that in February when the snow picks up uh, we won't be seeing the lawn anymore. And, and uh, looking ahead at my forecast, which I always... I'm, I'm on the weather like crazy, but that's also because it it does truly affect like what I'm doing in my lawn, right? So looking ahead at my forecast, it doesn't look great. We're looking at still minus 20 wind chills for the next couple of days. Um, and then about midweek, we're supposed to warm up to... Minus 4, which won't be too bad. This is all Celsius. And then we're supposed to cool down again, and the snow's supposed to start coming end of January. Um, Because I live near the Great Lakes, we get lake effect snow coming off the lakes constantly in February, and that pretty much feeds a lot of the snowfall we get throughout the year. And same thing in the early season. So believe it or not, January is normally one of the driest months of the winter. And... We are according to the farmers almanac we are supposed to be having a drier January and February so that also makes sense why we're not seeing a lot of snow activity because we have the temperature for it right We're we're cold enough uh, for it but we're just not getting those moisture uh, patterns And for those of you in the US near Washington or Midwest I've seen the moisture going through there like crazy uh, off the Pacific Ocean and that's just feeding your guys snow and I know you guys have had dry years or dry, um, dry summers. So that snow is good because even though your lawn is dormant in the wintertime, it still needs water, right? People think that their lawn just straight up dies in the wintertime and it doesn't. It just, it goes to sleep. It goes hibernation. But from what we know about animals, when they hibernate, they still need to collect food. They still need to eat food and they still need nutrients in their body. So when the snow goes on the lawn, it can really get things going right and especially when the ground is not frozen because here I would say our frost depth is like maybe 18 inches at the moment we're not anywhere near our complete four feet that we can get up to so the because the ground is not frozen especially in those those uh, like December and March you need that water because the grass is still living so you need the water, like, you know, Ryan Noor had to water his lawn last December, I think. I've watered my lawn late into the year in November, because, like, it it, it still dries out, it still dries out. So a lot of people like to go coasting at the end of the year, to they think they're over, they're done, they don't need to do anything anymore. No, your lawn will still dry out to an extent where it still needs work. So, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, so looking ahead, it looks like we're going to finally get um enough snow coverage uh it looks like the snow slowed down here a little bit but we're still getting in enough snow coverage to keep the lawn protected which i am happy about and temperatures nowhere near improving we're definitely in the depths of winter now uh, probably won't see any temperature relief till beginning of march so without further ado that's it for the update segment not much to update here definitely Um, Once things start actually growing in the spring, there'll be lots to update in the update segment. But that's it for now for what's going on here. Lots of ice here, uh, lots of freezing and thawing, and we're just enjoying the fun, spending time indoors, catching up on a lot of things that I didn't get to during the lawn season. So without further ado, let's go into the question segment, because today I'm going to be reading some of the questions from... Uh, from you guys on YouTube. So without further ado, let's head in to the next segment. All right, so this is the question segment of the show. If you would like to submit your questions, you can submit them to my email, greatgreennorthlawncare at gmail.com. You can also submit them on my website, greatgreennorthlawncare.ca, or you can submit them in YouTube comments, and I will answer them in an upcoming episode. So, I will always try to answer all of your questions in upcoming episodes, so if you have a question, leave it down below. It can do with anything, and I will make sure to fit it into an episode. I like to try to keep the episodes themed on singular topics, but if I get overwhelmed with questions, we'll just start doing like question and answer episodes. and. And that might be subscriber stuff. If you guys are looking to subscribe, that might be some subscriber answer st- question and answer episodes. Today we're going to be talking about all, everything about fertilizer. Lots of stuff about fertilizer. So I had a couple of questions about fertilizer throughout the year. Um, first question, everybody's scared about fertilizer off the roof bat. I know a lot of people who have never fertilized their lawn and then... They come up to me and they ask me, like, how can I make my lawn look better? What do I need to do? And I'm like, well, how? when was the last time you fertilized and what did you put down? That's, that's one of the first questions I always ask. When was the last time this lawn was fed? When was the last time this lawn was watered? And when was the last time this lawn was mowed? Those were the three questions that I always need to ask. And most of the time, the, f- the answer to the fertilizer question is, I haven't fed this lawn since I moved in five years ago or i haven't fed this lawn in two years or i haven't fed this lawn at all this year which is not acceptable if you are trying to make your lawn look better your lawn needs to eat and you need to feed it fertilizer it needs its nutrients to keep growing fertilizer makes a huge difference putting down one or two doses of fertilizer a year makes a huge difference in color and overall texture and look and you don't even have to do it yourself too. Um, when I worked for a lawn care company, we had standard customers that got everything mowing, all the services, but we also had a larger route that was just fertilizer and s- weed killer. And that's a big thing in the lawn care community, is like servicing with fertilizer and weed killer. And that can get you a lot of expanded customers that like to do the mowing, but they don't like to get into those other things. So, that is something to think about. If you are new and you're scared to get into it, you can look at hiring a lawn care company to do the fertilizer and weed killer before you feel comfortable before doing it yourself. My goal on this podcast is to make it so you can feel comfortable doing it yourself so you will do it yourself. So without further ado, let's answer a couple questions here about uh, fertilizer. All right, so w- the biggest fear related to fertilizer is burning. I know a lot of people are very scared that they're going to burn their lawn when they apply fertilizer and let me tell you this there are two types of fertilizer there's synthetic fertilizer and there's natural fertilizer synthetic fertilizer are fertilizers produced in a factory and these fertilizers are uh, basically they're they're built out of a, a synthetic base so the base of the product is like a synthetic uh, chemical that they use to put it and synthetic normally has big large prills so the prills are the the little hunks of fertilizer so you know your scott stuff most of the time that is synthetic fertilizers scott stuff your all-purpose fertilizer that would be a synthetic fertilizer now for those of you in the u.s you guys have natural fertilizers and we do have access to them here in canada but you have to go to your farm supply store and that would be milorganite synthetic fertilizers have a higher dose of the three major nutrients, N, P, and K, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And these ones you'll see in numbers like 20-30%. S- uh, natural fertilizers, v- much lower dose, and they're slow release. So uh, although most synthetic fertilizers are now slow release as well, natural fertilizers, you, you, it's impossible to burn. The doses are like 6%, 2%. In the, m- the major nutrients, they're even lower for the macronutrients. So, if you're looking at starting out a fertilizer, definitely suggest go pick up a bag of Milorganite or your Milorganite clone in the U.S. as a natural fertilizer. You can apply that at the bag rate. A lot of times those bags have specific instructions depending on what spreader you have. And you don't have to worry about burning. But, let's talk about burning. What happens when you burn... So, I got a question here uh, a while ago. And uh, it was about burning burning your lawn with fertilizer so the specific question here was what happens to the grass when a person accidentally overfertilize and burns their grass what have they actually done to the grass plant and how do you recover from the burn so this was a question given for about eight months ago in the spring and just around the time that this question was given um, I actually burned a spot of my lawn with fertilizer so what happens when you burn your f- lawn with fertilizer basically nitrogen nitrogen like everything in life is only good in moderation the, the plant can only take so much nitrogen before it actually kills it same with all the other nutrients it sterilizes that soil so if you put too much of one nutrient in it, it will sterilize the soil and the plant will die it basically gets choked out by the by, the nutrient you put in the ground. So when we're talking about burning fertilizer, the only way you could possibly burn with synthetic fertilizers is basically if you're putting it on in piles. If there is piles of the fertilizer in the lawn, that is the only way I've ever seen anybody burn a lawn with synthetic fertilizer. Now I have seen striping and we're going to talk about striping just coming up with another question. But burning is the only way to see it and what you've actually done is you've over you've sterilized the soil you've taken all of the nutrients out because you put too much of one nutrient in and basically what happens is that soil is is over over has too many, too much nutrients in it and it has to wait a period of time before the rain can flush that nutrient out of that section of soil that you over fertilize. So for me it took normally I find it takes about four months for the nutrients to be flushed out of the soil and then it only takes about another four months for you to re-establish grass in that section so that's the standard lead time when you burn a section of your lawn now most of the time when you burn a section it's gonna be really small it's gonna be like four by four you spill a little bit of fertilizer or something and that's what happened with me but that's what happens when you accidentally over fertilize your grass plant how do you recover from the burn now if we're talking about spilt fertilizer, if you've spilled your fertilizer, first thing you need to do is, first, number one, you should never fill your fertilizer spreader on your grass. Never. Because that just leads to potential spills. You should always fill it on your driveway or a concrete surface or a gravel surface, somewhere where you don't care if it spills. If you just, if you accidentally spill on your grass, you hit a bump or it spills out of the hopper or something, number one thing first you should do is stop what you're doing, go grab... Uh, get, get grab the fertilizer off the ground with your hands and start picking it up. Once you've gotten everything out that you can get with your hands, go get the shop vac or a vacuum and try to suck out as much fertilizer as you can. The final thing to do is get a rake and try to spread out the fertilizer from that area as much as you can. Basically, you're trying to make sure that you spread out. The, you you condensed a whole bunch of fertilizer in one section and that is going to burn. If you spread out fertilizer in a farther section you might get discoloration you might get a, a part of the grass that's that's been over fertilized but you might not burn you're trying to lower the amount of area that you're burning you're trying to remove that nutrient out of the grass so that's what you need to do next thing obviously say it didn't work it burned what you got to do is after you've, you've raked it out you notice that the grass is starting to wilt because it's getting burnt. The best thing to do is to try to flush out that burn. So every day, go out with your hose and just soak that area like crazy. You need to continue to soak that area. You're trying to flush those nutrients through the soil so the burn will will recover quicker. So the best thing to do, as soon as you realize that you've burned your grass, clean it all up and then get your hose and soak it. And soak it like four or five times a day for a good week. But say the soaking doesn't work and you still burnt. The best thing to do, let it do its course. You're going to let the gra- the grass will die off. You'll have a brown spot. And then once all the grass has died off, I would say continue to soak it a little bit, maybe once or twice a week to try to flush those nutrients around. Wait about two to three months. And then you can try to remove all the thatch and rake up the ground and then apply some sort of patch mask, Scott's Patchmaster or Scott's Easy C, or just some sort of overseeding mix to replace that grass in that small section. You can also do a sod patch if you want to. But that's how you're going to recover from a burn. So it's going to be about a four to three month, three to four month lead time. You need to keep in mind that you're waiting for the grass to recover there. So you can't, don't expect this to be instantly. This is going to be an entire season. I burned a section of my lawn in June and I didn't have grass established back until uh, late September. So it is going to take a couple months. So you want to make sure that you're letting that that uh, over the, the fertilizer flush out of the dirt before you're going to be trying to reestablish seed there. Or else you're just going to struggle reestablishing seed and you'll never be able to get it done. So that's what happens when you burn your lawn, that's how you recover from a burn. Now, most of the time what people do when they fertilize is they don't actually burn their lawn, what they do is they stripe their lawn. So this is, they do not, they do not apply the fertilizer evenly, which then leads to some sections being darker than others, and some sections getting no fertilizer at all. So I have got a question about six months ago and it says my grass burns in some spots when I fertilize what am I doing wrong I use a very tiny amount so for the biggest stigma about burning is that you have to put too much fertilizer down now with striping it's actually quite the opposite so a lot of these spreaders a lot of the Scott spreaders are cheap pieces of plastic and they're not precision pieces of machinery for spreading perfect amounts of fertilizer it's nearly impossible that's why it doesn't have dials and pounds per thousand it has uh made up numbers because that little rope that you pull that <clears throat> opens up the slide gate on the bottom has nothing to do it's it's not a precision piece of machinery it will not give you a perfect amount of fertilizer every single time so when this guy says, my grass burns in some spots when I fertilize, what he probably means is that he's striping his lawn. So he's probably not putting enough fertilizer down. And when you when you drop below 3 pounds per thousand on a Scott spreader, its precision accuracy gets very, very weak. And what you need to be doing when you're fertilizing is you need to do your edge pass. So the first thing you do, if, you're, if, you're fertile, if your spreader has an edge guard, Turn that edge guard on. Go all the way around the outside of the lawn. Get one edge pass. If you don't have an edge guard, just go all the way around the outside of your lawn and get your one edge pass. Then what you're going to do is you're going to line yourself up. So when the when the when the spreader runs right, it throws a swath of fertilizer. So you're going to line yourself up. So the swath that you're throwing is throwing back to the previous wheel marks of your previous pass. So when you go up, you're going to make sure that what you're throwing to the left is always throwing back to the previous wheel mark of your first pass. And then you're going to continue to go up and down, up and down, up and down. The best thing to do for beginners is to set your spreader setting really low and measure out your backyard. How much space do you need to cover? Then put in the spreader how much of a bag you think you will need complete that space set your spreader setting really low and then continue to go up and down up and down up and down and then go back over that going the opposite way so going north-south and then east-west back and forth this will ensure that any spot you missed going north-south you will most likely catch while going east-west and this should stop you from having striping issues in your lawn now the question that I asked this guy was uh, do you notice any patterns while burning when you were when his lawn was being quote-unquote burnt from his spreader did he notice any lines or any patterns and his answer was yes so then I told him there is probably an issue with your spreader so the way that the spreader works is the gate the slide gate opens it drops the stuff fertilizer down on the impeller and as the, the impeller spins by a gearbox that is also attached to the wheel so the faster you walk the faster the impeller will spin so number one this guy needs to make sure that he's walking at uh, what I call a run-walk pace you basically need to be in between walking and jogging it's a run-walk pace or as lawn care not calls it put some ass into it walk you need to be moving decently fast to making sure that the spreader is running is running well the second thing you need to be checking is making sure that your impeller is in one piece because if there is a crack in the impeller, it will cause the fertilizer that's dropping out of the slide gate in the bottom of the hopper to just drop straight down onto the lawn and this will give you a lines lines up and down the middle of your lawn. When I worked for a lawn care company, there was other lawn care companies in our area, I'm not going to name any names, that had issues with their spreaders. I believe they're using Earthway spreaders and um, Earth that Earthway specific spreader that they were using had a recall on the impellers and their impeller was broken and I saw uh, I think it was almost seven or eight lawns in one neighborhood that one technician applied in a single day and he striped every single lawn the same way because his impeller was broken and It was easy to tell that it was him that had striped it because they all had true green flags in their driveway saying that he had applied fertilizer that day. They all had uh, a true green notice or billing invoice in the door and they all had the same striping patterns where I could see that he was leaving lines down the middle and then the fertilizer that was being dispersed was getting thinner and thinner as it went out from the middle clearly that he had a hole in his impeller and his spreader was not applying properly as all the fertilizer was falling straight down so this is what you need to do when you have issues in your lawn is you need to become a detective and you need to search for the answers for the issues So why is my fertilizer spreader striping? Well, is there something wrong with my spreader? Is there something wrong with the way I'm applying? Is there something wrong with the fertilizer? I know a lot of places like to leave their fertilizers outside and we get a lot of humidity here being by the Great Lakes and if the bag is not sealed correctly, the fertilizer can become all liquidy and slimy and begin to break down in the bag. And when you imply liquidy or slimy fertilizer to your lawn, that can also give you striping or burning in small areas as the fertilizer clumps together instead of dispersing evenly. That is another issue these are things you need to think about when you're fertilizing why is my spreader striping my answer to this guy was probably that it was an issue with his spreader and he needed to go buy a new one and these spreaders they're not made to last 20 years they're they're pieces of plastic if you want to get a spreader that's going to last 20 years go buy a high quality lesco or earthway spreader Uh, the, the spreaders that these technicians were using were high quality spreaders they just needed to replace them And that was clearly why he was striping these lawns with his spreader. So it happens to the best of us. It happens to the professionals. Striping does happen. And also striping can just be you weren't paying attention. You were having a bad day and you didn't apply correctly. Um, We had striping on some of our greens at the golf course because uh, it was really early in the morning when they were applied and the striping led to issues on the green. But anything happens burning can happen it all happens it is what it is and there's nothing you can do about it so the the one thing i want to take away from this is please if you're a new homeowner and you are wanting to fertilize your lawn don't be scared of burning burning happens to the best of us and it and it is something that can happen anytime but most likely if you're applying a synthetic fertilizer the simplest thing that I tell homeowners to do: go and buy a bag of Scotts fertilizer and go and buy a Scotts spreader. If it's your first time, that Scotts spreader has a number on it that coincides with the number on the bag of the back of the Scotts fertilizer. Do one simple application four times a year with that Scotts well, that one bag of Scotts fertilizer you bought, or that two bags, or whatever however big your lawn is. And you will easily see major results from that. Once you become comfortable using the Scott stuff, then you can move on to more complicated all-purpose fertilizers or farm fertilizers like I put on my lawn. But start with the Scott stuff. It's a good training practice. It's almost impossible to burn unless you're spilling it on the lawn. So that's the biggest takeaway from here. You can do it as a homeowner. And it's simple enough to do it at your house, by yourself, however, you just need to start thinking some of these things through. If you see issues with striping, if you see a pile of fertilizer on the ground, that's how you're gonna burn. You're gonna burn by spilling fertilizer and most the worst thing that can happen is striping. And the biggest thing to think about all of this is that even if you stripe your lawn, those lawns that got striped by the tech, by that lawn company um, recovered in about a month and a half. It was in the spring, we had tons of rain. As soon as the rain washed the fertilizer through the lawn, and sterilize the soil again everything was fine the lawns recovered and they were reapplied with by the technician um, a couple months later so that's all i need to say about fertilizer that's it for those two questions i hope that helped you guys who have lots of questions about fertilizer and now i think it's time to head into the final segment of the show uh, successes and failures and we're going to be talking about my successes and failures when it comes to fertilizer all right so welcome to successes and failures this is the final segment of the show and this is the segment of the show that i believe is the most important as um, we all have successes and failures in the lawn we all make mistakes and i think it's important to learn from the mistakes that you do make in lawn and lawn care is all about trial and error it's all about learning The first person who fertilized their lawn, everybody probably thought he was crazy, and then he realized that it actually works. So in this segment, I like to tell you guys about one success and one failure that I had related to the questions that I answered earlier. And um, I'm specifically looking back at some of the successes and failures I had in 2021 since the 2021 lawn season is now over, and um, talking about fertilizer. One thing I did do in 2021 that I hadn't done in a while was I burned my lawn with fertilizer Um, it was in June I was applying my um, final application before the summer and uh, it was late it was getting dark and I was rushing to get it done because I needed to get it done before it rained because I would like to apply my fertilizer before it rains and the bags that I was using um, got wet from the hose so I was trying to pick through the stuff that had already been ruined and I was in a rush and I was uh, doing what I said earlier was a big no no I was uh, filling the spreader on the lawn so I had the spreader and it was on this spot on my lawn where there's kind of a slight incline and I was pouring it and I didn't realize that the slide gate was still open and then the spreader dipped down and it tipped uh because it was uneven with the bag I was filling it with and it spilled a spot on the lawn. And I instantly put the bag down, stood the spreader back up, and I ran inside, I grabbed the vacuum and I started sucking all the fertilizer out of the lawn. I um got a rake, I spread it out, I did what I said. I soaked it a whole bunch of times to try to flush it through and um there was nothing I can do. I burnt a spot probably about six inches by six inches Um, right outside the side door, which is the main door I used to go in and out of my house. So that drove me crazy for a good portion of the year was that big little six inch, six inch spot I had burnt in the side yard. But I learned from it. I learned that, uh, it's important to slow down and not rush. And, uh, I mean, if, if I had just slowed down and filled the spreader on the driveway, like I normally do, I wouldn't have had that issue. So, and if I had also uh, stored the fertilizer inside in a dry place, which I normally do, uh, I wouldn't have had the wet fertilizer causing the the stickiness. So that was what I learned from that scenario. And as I said, um, it did burn. It killed that spot of the lawn Um, for most of the summer. It was dead. Uh, The crowns died. Everything died. Uh, In late August, I raked out the thatch. I reseeded that spot and because It it got a good dose of fertilizer. The seed came back really nice and that spot is now filled in and recovered So it wasn't a big deal, but it did happen to me and it happens to the best of us and that is my uh, failure when it comes to uh, burning so It happens to the best of us. I have burned a couple spots in my lawn over the years uh, mainly either I hit a bump and the fertilizer splashed out the top or uh, I was filling in the lawn and it tipped. so filling on the lawn is the biggest no-no don't do it no matter how much of a rush you're in it only leads to bad outcomes as well as um, if you're trying to get in more in-depth in the lawn care, I would definitely recommend buying a higher quality spreader. Um, I'm probably going to be looking into a higher quality spreader in the next couple of uh, months because I think I'm getting more serious with it to the point where I'd, it's time for me to get a uh, higher quality spreader uh, because I would like to get more uh, d- d- pinned down doses. <laughs> Of fertilizer on my lawn as well as I'm looking to look into maybe start doing liquids next year because I would like to get more spoon feeding into the lawn. So that was my failure. Now next to my success. Um, for a while my fertilizer program was quite stagnant. Um, I, actually, I When I first started out in lawn care I used to apply the Scott's Max Green product because that was the only product in canada or in the scott's family in canada that had a high dose of iron because i wanted my lawn to have that dark green blue look however a couple years or last year or the year before i started look my dad actually looked at farm supply stores uh, around us because we do have a lot of agriculture here in southern ontario and he found that they sold large bulk quantities of fertilizer. Uh, in bags for homeowners, and they had lots of different varieties They had you know the thirty o eight that is my old standby right now they had all purpose sixteen sixteen sixteens they had a, a starter foss build that was like a eight uh fifteen six i think or something like that. They had a fifteen fifteen two they also had some natural fertilizers um that unfortunately were out of stock, although I would have tried them. So I went for the 3008 because that's what they had in stock and that was close to a lot of the formulas that Scott's makes. However, uh I did a lot of the 3008 for years and it was giving me great colors. It had sulfur and magnesium and iron in it, which gave me great color response. However, this year for the first time, Um, I started, I did an app, my first application this spring was an all-purpose, so I did a 16, 16, 16 all-purpose fertilizer because I was noticing some issues I was having in the previous years with color and response to the 3008, and um, I really was starting to to get into, like, the more in-depth stuff, and I was thinking that, I need to balance out my application. I'm applying a lot of nitrogen. And I'm not applying anything else. as you don't know, it's very difficult to get fertilizer with um with with the uh, P in it. The potassium. Uh they don't or sorry, FOSS. With FOSS, uh they don't we have FOSS bands on certain uh, agricultural products here in Canada. So it's very difficult to get fertilizer uh with that in it. However, the sixteen 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 that I put down this year. Uh, Spring is the best time to push root growth and it makes a big difference for summer drought conditions. The deeper your roots are, the better. So I did a 16-16-16 application twice this spring and I was actually really hoping to do another one in the fall because the first application I did this spring, the lawn responded great to it. The, The color response was the best color response I've seen ever and this doesn't even have sulfur magnesium or any sort of micronutrients. it's just a straight starter fertilizer but um my big lesson that i learned from this was uh, this was definitely a success doing this and i learned that uh it's good to balance what you're applying and you know a balance of everything is always the best and that um it's it's really good to constantly rethink what you're doing. Um, I had got in this rut for a while that the this you know thirty oh eight was the best fertilizer on the market, and uh, that was what I needed to apply. But as soon as I started uh, you know rethinking what I was applying and and why I was applying it, um, that led to the uh, me applying that sixteen, sixteen, sixteen which which ended up turning out really well. uh it It worked very well. The color response was great. So for those of you out there, um this was definitely a success. And um definitely if you are continuously com- applying the same products 3 to 4 times a year, um there's a reason why I call it my fertilizer program and that's because it is a program. It's 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 a yearly basis of multiple applications and it, and it goes full circle. My program technically starts in August and ends in August the following year. it does not start in spring and end in the fall it's a full circle multi year program to help strengthen your lawn and I am going to be doing upcoming episodes specifically about what my program is and uh coming up that will be the bonus episode for this month uh, but f- that's pretty much it. That was the success for this year was discovering the importance of of varying the amount of uh, n p and k i was putting in the lawn and realizing that picking one thing and thinking that it's the best is not the best thing to do always and it's good to have variety in what you're applying to constantly rethink to constantly be looking into new products once you've found something that doesn't mean that it's the best thing in the market there's probably something better that you haven't found so it's good to keep looking so that's the success and failure on fertilizer for the 2020 lawn season uh, I will definitely have more episodes talking about fertilizer coming into the spring because it is one of the biggest things that a lot of homeowners are scared to do themselves. But it is something important that you can do yourself. So without further ado, thank you guys for listening to episode number two of the Great Green North podcast. Um, if you guys feel so inclined to support the show, I would really really uh be thankful if you guys were able to support the show you can go into the show notes down below you can support the show on anchor.com you get episodes a week early and you get one bonus episode every month for only five dollars a month and it really helps support me help support the show and it helps me keep making this show to the best of my ability so thank you guys for listening uh please subscribe on itunes soundcloud spotify anchor wherever you're listening leave a comment down below Um, your questions rate us give us five stars and uh hit subscribe so you never miss a single episode and hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as i always say with everything from the Green north my name is wade murray and as always keep it green guys i'll talk to you next week great green north podcast is written and hosted by wade murray great green north can be found on youtube at great green north lawn care we can be found on instagram twitter and we would encourage you guys to hit subscribe on all any podcast platform that you're on right now we'll be coming at you every week with weekly episodes of the great green north podcast you guys can also subscribe on anchor for bonus episodes as well as getting episodes one week early for the very low price of five dollars a month and as always thank you guys for listening and thank you for keeping it green